So let me jump right into this tonight. Uh, first of all, let me just say that on our Facebook page, I posted a TED Talk. I was going to show it tonight, but it's a little long, and it got into a little of, uh, of the weeds of more than what I wanted to talk about. But basically, next couple of weeks, I'm going to talk about how our words actually form our thoughts, and our thoughts actually form our futures. And uh, this has been a message that's been really part of my life story um, ever since I can remember. I think as a youth pastor, actually, when I first started ministry, I would do the Proverbs a, a, a day, you know, for every day, for 30 days. And I would came across Proverbs 18.21. And the message says it this way, words kill and words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Another version says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and whoever loves it will eat of its fruit. It's an awfully strong message to be just thrown out there without some contemplation, without some thought attached to it. And I believe that words are literally the bricks with which we use to build the pathway to our futures. I found this cool little picture online, and, and it, it literally is a man just laying pavers. And I feel like sometimes that's the way our life is. And we every paver that we lay is another word of faith. It's another word of trust. It's another word of belief. It's another word of promise. It's another word of, of healing. It's, it's words of life that we are literally laying right before us so that we can walk on a solid foundation to the future that God has for us. Let me start back and give you the law of first principle, which we love to do. I'll say, so I'll give you some context. The stories of creation sets the tone for us as, as God's children that are made in his image. Let me unwrap that a little bit. Genesis states that God brought things into creation by a spoken word. And God said, and God said, and God said. And then he said, it is good. It is good. It is very good. It's interesting to note that God did not speak man into existence, however, but he did form him from the stuff that he spoke. It's really cool that God says, I'm going to speak dirt into existence. I'm going to form man out of that as a template. So I want him to know that he's not only created from my creativity, but he can also create out of the breath of life that I'm about to breathe into him. So we're actually created to create with our words just like God spoke things into existence so our minds can receive words of life or they can receive words of death. Now, obviously I'm going to unpack this a lot more, but I wanted to fast forward to the age of the kings. Another thing that Solomon said, he says, words satisfy the mind as much as fruit does the stomach. Now, this is way ahead of Solomon's time. He, I'll check out that bobcat. Awesome. Now that is legit. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody want to let him in? Yeah, I know you would, Silas. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, thanks. There's a little kiss from the Holy Spirit. Love it. Solomon said that words are, words satisfy the mind. Now, isn't this fascinating? Sometimes we can cross over a verse so quickly Excuse me. But we don't really feel the weight of the verse while we're reading it. Now think about this. Words satisfy the mind. And we're going to tie this all together in just a minute. As much as fruit does the stomach, 
good talk is as gratifying as a good harvest. Isn't it fascinating that Solomon's correlating that words that are good for your mind is like a good harvest for your soul. And it's fascinating the power that words have to formulate thought and that our thoughts then formulate our actions and our actions then determine our course of life. Again, he says, fools are undone by their big mouths. Their souls are crushed by their words. So we can see that you can either be a fool and shout out stupid things and actually crush souls, and the same is true, the opposite is true, if we can believe that good words is like healing to the soul. Amen? We can choose life or death simply by what we speak. We know that since God created everything good by his spoken word, that we as well can live by the fruit of our mouths. Now let's fast forward to Jesus' day. He's carrying on the same principle. Let me unpack this. Matthew 12, 33 through 37. Write that down or go in your tablet thingy. Verse 33, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. And then he said, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you say, how can you are evil, who are evil, say anything good? Fascinating. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored within him, and an evil man brings out evil things of the evil stored within him. But I tell you that everyone will have an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken or any word without power, any word through unbelief. They're going to give an account for that. Now check this out. This is Jesus. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. You feel the weight of that? How we speak actually formulates the way we think. The way we think actually formulates and puts into action how we live. Matthew 18, he says this in verse uh, 19. He said again, truly, I tell you that if you, uh, any two of you, are on earth agree about anything they ask for, anything they ask for, right? You speak it, you, you, you vocalize it, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Listen. <coughs> so sorry. Our brains are wired to speak what's in our hearts. Do you hear me? Our, bra our brains literally are wired to hear the words in our heart, in our soul, and that is what they speak. Whatever is in your heart, whatever you're believing for, listen, it could be death. A lot of us have spoken death over our lives, and we just believe death. We believe cursing. We believe nothing good's going to happen to us. We believe in there's no, there's no healing. There's no, I, I haven't seen it. I don't believe it. And so we believe that that becomes part of our fruit in stored in our hearts. And that's what comes out of our mouth, which affects our thoughts, which affects the fruit that we eat. Our brains are wired to speak that which is in our heart. Check this out. Luke 645. A good man brings good things 
out of the good stored in his heart. And an evil man brings things out of evil stored in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Isn't that good? We're laying pavers to our, our paver guy went away. We're laying pavers to our, our future. And every paver that we lay, I don't know if you've ever laid, laid pavers, but you have to put like this crush and run first. You have to level out the ground as best as possible. And then you put a crush and run. That's all that gray material underneath the paver itself. And you got to stamp the heck out of it. Sometimes you got to water it down and you stamp it again. And it almost becomes as hard as concrete. And it also, oh, before that, you put a barrier across so no weeds come up through your pavers. It's a lot of work before you ever get to walk on the thing. You see, this is, this is the work we're talking about, about undoing old patterns, undoing old thoughts. You're laying a foundation for some words. Now, listen, some people take this message and say, hey, I'll just speak words of faith from now on, and everything will be fine. What they fail to realize is you're laying bricks on a crappy foundation. And if you've ever laid pavers on a bad foundation, they don't last long at all. And you can't walk on it. And nobody else can follow you. Nobody else will want to follow you. So the undoing of the old mindset takes time. It takes tamping down. It takes watering and a lot of hard work and shoveling and wheelbarrow after wheelbarrow after wheelbarrow of crush and run. You're like, what are you doing? I don't see anything happening in your life. I don't see anything happening in your church. Don't worry, friends. We're just laying the crush and run. We're just tamping down the gravel because I promise you the pavers are coming. The paver, one at a time, we will see a church that's affecting a community. We'll see a church that's affecting families. We're going to see salvations and baptisms. We're going to see people coming to life in Jesus Christ because of our faith and the words we speak. We've not done this very well. We get discouraged, and from the heart of discouragement, we speak discouragement. We forget that, man, we're still pounding gravel. We're still laying a foundation. We're still believing God for breakthrough. We're still believing God for revival in the hearts of his people. We're still believing for transformation of a city and families. And we believe that. And we begin to speak that. Then you just start laying paver after paver after paver. But I promise you, it's not built on wishy-washy uh, character. It's not built on wishy-washy theology. It's built on a strong foundation that not only we can walk on, others can follow. Come on, somebody. This begs the question then, what is in our hearts? What are we filling our hearts with? Are we filling our hearts with the lies of the enemy? You guys will never make it. You never make it. You know, Colorado Springs, church plants, man, you've already, you've already exceeded your time limit here. I hear that all the time. I mean, just in my head. You, oh, big deal, six years, big deal. You've already exceeded your time limit, son, and I'm about to crush you. I hear that all the time. I get discouraged all the time. We're the people, God. I feel like we've got a great community. We've got great stories. We've got great miracles. We're the people. And I get discouraged. See, I have to be careful because what's in my heart comes out of my mouth. And if what, I'm dis if what I'm preaching is discouragement and it's not uplifting and it's not faith-filling and it's, by the way, and if it's not just the, the truth of the gospel, then we're already dead. Let me read this to you real quickly. 
Lyra Boroditsky is a cognitive scientist that studies how languages form how languages form our thoughts. She studies the way different cultures are established through the use of how languages were formed. For instance, Germans say sun and moon in femula, uh, feminine and masculine tense, respectively. So Germans say sun in a masculine tense and moon in a feminine tense and vice versa. I'm sorry, while Spanish language uses the masculine tense for a sun, I apologize, the other way around, and a feminine one for the moon. This affects the way they write, create, and think. Other languages assign feminine and masculine identities to nouns, where the English language doesn't. And it's fascinating when you start to study languages, and Lily's studying French, and she's trying to figure out what verb goes with a masculine noun and what verb goes with a feminine tense, and da-da-da-da-da-da. And if you ever studied Spanish, you know that they put the adjectives after the noun, and, and there's a very passive sort of uh, um, way that they describe action or fault. Pretty fascinating how language forms thought. She goes on to say, another example is that Spanish people, when they see a bridge, they think in masculine terms, while Germans think in feminine terms. So when a Spaniard talks about a bridge, it's strong and hard and, and muscular and purposeful and it serves a purpose. While a German speaks about a bridge, it's elegant, it's art, it's feminine, it is beautiful. Do you think that that affects the way Germans and Spaniards build bridges? Of course it does. Of course it does. German bridges are beautiful. There are, they've got lamps and scrolling artwork and, you know, you go to Spain and, man, it's just a bridge. Just get me across. That's men, right? They're men thinking about a bridge. I just need to get from this side to that side. I don't care how it looks. It's just got to be strong and hold my car for 30 seconds. That's a man's way of thinking. But when you think about a bridge in a feminine tense, you're thinking, wow, this is a beautiful piece of art. Isn't that fascinating how a language can actually influence the mind so that it affects something as simple as a bridge. Think about that. Language creates thought. Language creates thought, which creates the way we view the world. And how, watch this, and how we build the world. If you're brought up in a culture that affects your thought in just a very pragmatic, masculine way, it'd be very hard for us to appreciate art in any form or fashion. We would just say, hey, this is just purposeful, no real reason for that, we just need to get across the, the river. But because language actually affects the way we think, it in, in turn affects the way we build. It affects the way we live. And if we can apply that to a language which we humans speak, then how much more can we apply that to the spiritual language that God has put inside of us? If we have the heavenly God language in us of creativity and peace and love and long-suffering, then we build those pavers one at a time, stamping them in faith one at a time, saying, I'm believing that what I'm speaking is bringing me to a future that is in Christ Jesus. That's hopeful. And I'm not just talking about going to heaven. I'm talking about now. 
I'm talking about living the best life now. Laying pavers for your life now. Breaking the bond of sickness now. And prosperity now. And, and illness now. I mean, come on. It's speaking words of life one at a time, believing that is your next step. Literally building a foundation to your future. There's an aboriginal tribe in Australia, this is fascinating, that does not have a word for right or left. It's pretty neat. Everything is based on the four points of the compass, north, south, east, and west. In other words, they wouldn't say, uh, Donovan, you've got an ant crawling up your left leg. They say, Donovan, you've got an ant crawling uh, on the southwestern portion of your body. Everything that they do, because they don't recognize right or left, is centered around the compass, and even in their, in their experience of time, time is centered around direction. So they will ask you, so what do you see? Can you name the people left to right uh, in, this in this building? And they would, but if you turn them this way, they would look this way, and then they might go this way and name the people forward to back. Or they might go right to left, depending on which direction that they're looking. But because our language is set up to, to read left to right, and in marketing, if you know this, you go on a web page, what's the principle? Anybody know? The Z principle? Eyes go left, right, down, right. Z. Because that's part of our language. Our language is set up that way. So un, even unbeknownst to us, even subconsciously to us, our minds automatically, even if I turn this way, hey, can you name the people in the room? Oh, yeah, Silas, Catherine, Daniel. See, I would still go left to right. But in their language, they see everything in a compass. As a matter of fact, they literally see time moving around them instead of them moving in time. This is the, the fascinating thing about language. That's how much it affects our thoughts. It affects everything in their lives. Before you even say hello to them, they must first tell you where they're going. So we'd say, hey, man, how you doing? I'm going northeast. How are you? Everything is about where they're going. Why? Why do I say all that? Because this is the power that language has over the brain and how our language is formed is how we will build our world. And if you translate that into a spiritual sense, how we speak is what we will eat. How we speak is what we will build. How we speak is what we will experience. Language affects everything. Arabic and Hebrew language reads everything right to left. Other languages read top to bottom. Language affects everything. I want to drill this foundational point home. If you're just seeing recurring incidences of failure, of poverty, of sickness, of disaster of someone eating your seed all the time here's the first thing you should do check the goods coming out of your heart check the foundation for what you're laying the things you want to walk on on check the foundation maybe you got to go back and tear up all the pavers the pavers are good the foundation is bad are you tracking with me the words of faith are right, and this is where we've gone askew. The word of faith movement is, is in part correct. They do, they believe that what we speak in faith is right, 
But what they fail to do is take time to make sure the goods are good. We can speak all we want about I'm, I'm, God's going to bless me with the Cadillac and blah, blah. I mean, you've heard all that, right? And God's going to bless you. Just keep speaking it. Keep speaking it. But unless you're setting pavers on solid foundation, it's still crap out of your heart. It's just disguised as words of faith. It's got to be deep inside of us. It's got to be transformative. It's got to start here. And then you know what? Words of faith really do work. You believe and you speak because God, God is not a contradictory God. He said if you ask and you leave, you can have it. You don't have because your mind isn't lined up with mine. You ask amiss outside of my boundaries, outside of my will for you. Language affects everything, my friends, everything. Let me wrap this up. What words are we using to shape our children? What words are we using to shape our marriages? What language do we adopt when we talk about our future? Come on. What language have you adopted when you talk about your future? We can change. You ready for this? You can change the way you think by changing the way you speak. When you hear promises coming out of your mouth, and I know it's going to sound weird at first. It's going to sound weird to your brain because it's not a connector it's used to. Your brain is used to hearing whatever your mom said to you, whatever your dad said to you, whatever your grandparents said to them. That's what's rolling through your system right now. The connector is, oh, you'll, you know what? Uh, we'll always be poor. My family's poor. We're just going to be poor. You know what? We, we constantly battle with chronic illness. We're just an ill family. We're always going to be ill. That's the connector. Your brain has heard its entire existence. But when you start speaking promises that God laid out for us, and by the way, that's why it's important to be in the Scripture, right, and have a good relationship with Jesus so you can freaking know what he's saying. What you think can be affected by how you speak. I asked my daughter one time, how many times does a negative word undo a positive one? If I tell you you're beautiful 10 times a day and someone says, man, you look like crap today. How does that affect you? A study shows, Harvard Business Review writes, that it takes six positive statements to undo one negative one. Actually, it's 5.6. Six, close enough. Six, listen to that, six positive statements to undo one negative one. Do you see how our brain is so easily attached to generations of negativity? Because that's the default. That's what we go to. Matter of fact, it affects our view of God and his view of us. Well, I'm just a wicked sinner. God doesn't think anything about me. Where did that come from? Where did that thought come from? It, right, it came from just history of people trying to flesh out their relationship with God. Doesn't mean that it's right. Actually, God's like, hey, you're created in my image. Just know that. I love you. You're good. Just, just come into a relationship. Like, just turn around. I'm right here. Think of the ways that you were, to, you were spoken to as a child. 
How did your parents get a hold of your attention? Did they yell? Did they scream? Did they shame? Did they guilt you into things? Did they give you the silent treatment? Were they unattached? Everything that happens to us, and I sound like a psychologist, but I'm just true. Everything that happens as a young child affects your neocortex. It's really forming the way, it's forming your belief system. And how you believe has been formed by what you have heard. Get track with me. So think of the ways you were spoken to as a child. When I raise my voice, my children freeze. They don't like it. Doesn't happen very often, but when I do, they freeze. And I thought, hey, finally got your attention. See, is that what it takes to get your attention? Then that's what I'll have to do. In reality, it's forming a base of fear from a father. You see how we're connecting the dots? So when you feel like God has just wanted to love on you and he wants to correct you and he wants to, to bring you into the best life and you're just waiting for the yell, you're waiting for the scream, or you're waiting for the, the guilt or the shame, or you're waiting for the words of negativity you'll never amount to or you'll never be or you ought to be a... Man, this, this, this drives me nuts. And I, I, I thank God, I don't think... I've ever said this to my kiddos. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Let me think of that. Oh, the shame that waits. And that brain of a young child is beginning to be formed. So it affects their behavior. Why? Because it affects their thought process. So in order for me to be in good graces with authority, I just can't screw up. In order for me to be in good graces with God, I just can't screw up because that's the language that I've heard. That's what's affected my thought process. And so that's the, the bridge I'm going to build. That's the only thing I know. My friends, when we start talking promises, coming, listen, there's a difference between meditation and speaking. I just want to make that clear. I'm not talking about thinking good thoughts. I'm talking about verbally expressing promises that God has spoken over this body, over your family, over his church, over our community, literally speaking them out loud. Why is that important? Well, I used to think because it would scare Satan, but whatever. It's so you change your mindset so you can hear through your ears and it affects the neocortex still. Your brain is still moldable. My brain is still moldable. I'm still learning. We can still learn. We can still adjust. We can still change. But it starts with having the goods. If you've got the goods, you speak the goods. And once you speak the goods, your own mind hears truth. And truth transforms the way you live your life. It's a paver, one at a time. Doom, doom. Then you just put a little bit more crush and run. You might stand for a minute. You might get delayed by weather. You might be sore. The tamper is not light. It's heavy. It's a big flat piece of steel on a pole, and you just go up and down with it and tamp the crush and run down. 
it gets wearisome. I understand that. And you might say, well, I only got two or three pavers on my journey. Hey, you're started. Go get some more crush and run. Do a little bit more section. But start retraining the way you think. The moment you can start retraining the way you think is the moment you start living like you're supposed to live. Our experiences built over time mold our thoughts. We read the words in Scripture, but we have a hard time believing the words of Scripture. The old monks, the 14th century, 13th century, 12th century, would read out loud, recite verse after verse after verse after verse out loud, and you'd hear them chanting verse and chorus and psalm. Why? Because they could hear it. They needed to hear it. It's so difficult to see changes in adult patterns, but it's not impossible. It's perhaps why Jesus said, you must become as a little child to enter into the kingdom. You have to allow me to reform your brain through my word, through my promises, through scripture, through Jesus. You have to allow yourself, come on, you have to allow yourself to hear the promises spoken by your mouth. Do you know it is so much more effective when you speak a promise over you than when I do? You can hear the truth of what I'm saying. It's going into your brain, but I had 35 minutes with you. Imagine if every morning you got up and you found a promise, something God speaks about you, health, I don't, whatever it is, whatever you're battling, whatever it's relationships, whatever, you want to see revival, whatever it is, I promise you God spoke about it. And you get that promise and you redo the goods of your heart and you speak that every morning, every noon, every night, and you begin to hear yourself, I guarantee your thoughts will change. And when your thoughts change, behaviors change. And when behaviors change, miracles happen. We must become like a little child. A little child, studies say that their brain is still very moldable. They're very easy to teach. That's why I'm amazed that my daughter, my son, can pick up a language. Like, yeah, I took four years of German, no big deal. Blah, 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 Right? Or my daughter who can memorize an entire script in just a couple weeks. Why is that? Because her brain is still moldable. It's still, it's still ready to receive a bunch of information. Children aren't afraid of anything. They have to be taught fear. Children aren't, children aren't biased. They have to be taught it. They learn it from a cultural construct that teaches them from voices they hear. Don't do that. Oh, don't hang around that person. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And, they, and where do they hear it from? Me and you. We got to become like children. We got to become learners again. We got to allow the Lord to tear down old bridges, old connectors in our brain. This is, well, this is just how I live. You know, this is just what dyers do. You know, they're just mediocre. This, we just live our lives. And we just don't really make an impact. And this is, this is how we live. It's what, you know, it's what, it's, it's what I do. It's my whole generation. It's, what, it's all I've done. Really nobody. It's really easy to kind of believe that, isn't it? Because that's all the experience that you've had. 
until you start reading some transformative truth in the gospel and you speak those things over your life. You're like, holy cow, man. Things start to get rewired. And I, I promise you, my friends, when things get rewired here, actions change out there. One paver at a time. Words form our thoughts. And our thoughts become our reality. We think about God. I'm sorry, what we think about God has been formed through the power of language. Fast, our, our English version of God has been formed over time where if you speak to an Indian, not, not what they see. You, you speak to a converted Muslim, not, not what they see. What do you speak? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And whoever loves it believe it's fruit. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you, God, that we can learn to, to simply even, I mean, your word describes it. And now science backs it up, which is, it's always the case. Literally retrain our brains, Father, by the words coming out of our mouths so that we can lay these, these pavers, these words, one at a time. And walk on a solid foundation to a future that you have created for us. Help us to speak life when we see death. Help us to speak life over our children, our families. Tell our wives a minimum of six times a day how beautiful they are. Tell our children how great they are and how awesome their potential is in Jesus at least 12 times a day. God, as we're bombarded with negativity, may we just remember that whatever's in our heart, that's what our mouth is going to speak. And if there's negativity in there, God, forgive us. We repent. Wash us clean tonight. Wash our hearts clean from, from loss of hope. Wash our hearts clean from from. Negativity, God, just wash our hearts clean from sickness. Wash our hearts clean from discouragement. Wash us clean, Father, so that we can renew our minds through the word. God, we bless you tonight. Thank you for this word. And God, thank you for downloading it to these powerful people. God, I pray it now makes an impact. Lord, put us, let us put into practice now the things we've heard, that we speak life, but we've got to speak life over ourselves. Let us look to our goods, you know, our good storage place in there and say, what do I got, what do I got stored? What am I storing? If I'm storing garbage, then garbage is going to come out. But God, if I'm storing good stuff, then I know it's going to change my thought pattern and the way I think is actually going to form the bridge to get me to a destination that I know you have for us. I bless you tonight. I bless your people. God, could you heal our families? Send just a wave of healing over all the little kiddos who keep going round after round after round and battling sickness. I bless and praise you tonight in Jesus' name.
Amen.